0: What's up and welcome to Ask Father Josh, the podcast where I get to listen to your questions, pray with them, and hopefully respond in such a way that is helpful for you in your walk toward eternity and your walk to becoming the saint that you are called to be. Here's a disclaimer. I am imperfect and therefore all my answers to your questions might not always be best for you. If that's the case, I want to give you the freedom to reject whatever it is that I say that does not help you to grow in virtue. However, if my advice is helpful, though difficult, then I want to encourage you to lean into our Savior, Jesus Christ, so that He can give you the grace to fulfill the demands of discipleship. If you're a first-time listener, you can hit me up with your own questions, comments, and critiques at askfatherjosh at ascensionpress.com. You can also rate us and review us on iTunes and other podcast formats and share us on your social media pages, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. Whenever you rate us, review us, and share us on your social media, other people find out about the show. If the show is a gift for you and your relationship with Christ, then potentially it could become a gift for them as well. On today's show, we have a number of really awesome topics. We're going to talk about forgiving family members and the struggle with that. It could be so difficult, right? Sometimes it could be easy to forgive somebody who we're not in relationship with. But whenever a family member hurts us, it cuts deep. Uh, We're also going to talk about praying for the souls in purgatory. And what do we do when we're tired of praying? Like, I'm just done. I'm, I'm, I'm tired of praying this particular way. Um, I am not happy doing this. Can I just stop? Is it okay to give up on prayer? Uh, so we're going to talk about those topics. But before we get into those discussions, I want to share with you a glory story. So my glory story this week, uh, I have a, a few of them, actually. Um, one of them is that I'm still working on this, this new book for Ascension, and it's just been so life-giving uh, I have spent uh, the past two days in an adoration chapel, just immersing myself in Christ in the Blessed Sacrament, and the the graces of just being with the Lord. The gift of being able to hang out with Christ, set apart from all the stuff, all the like you know, just the ministry that we do in the parish. It's been so life giving to be able to just be with the Lord. And so, first of all, I'm just excited because I'm really. I'm really, really looking forward to sharing what this project is whenever the time comes with you all because it's been such a benefit for me in my own relationship with Jesus to be able to spend this much time with him in the in the Eucharist. Other glorious story is I heard this really cool song uh, the other day, as in yesterday, called Spirit Lead Me by somebody named Influence Music and Michael Ketterer. Never heard of him in my life, but it's called Spirit Lead Me. It's a live version, and it is my new jam. It's like,
1: if you say, wait, then I won't go. If you say something, something, some, something, Lord, woo, 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 Ooh, something, Lord.
0: Y'all, that song goes so hard. It is so good. So, I've been to that song when I brush my teeth and when I shave my face and when I'm praying, and it's just been such a gift. So shout out to whoever you are, Michael Ketterer, and Inf- and Influence or Inspire or whatever your name is, Influence Music, because yo stuff is going so hard right now. And finally, I do want to give a shout out to a doctor that I heard about uh, yesterday, a Dr. Kim Vaca. Dr. Kim Vaca, she listens to us from up in Ohio, Sandusky, Ohio. She was hanging out with one of my my peers, Allison, uh, recently up there for some conference or something like that. And and so she said she's a listener to the show. And so I just want to give you a shout out, Dr. Baca. Um, You can trust that I will be offering my daytime prayers for you and for your work that you're doing to build up God's kingdom all the way over there in the Ohio land. So that's my glory story. Now, before we get to today's topics, let's do some follow-up feedback from previous episodes. All right, so first follow-up comes from Sarah. 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 Sarah, Sarah is your first name. Your Sarah can be spelled S-A-R-A. It can be spelled S-A-R-A-H. It can be spelled a number of different ways. This Sarah is just S-A-R-A. So Sarah writes this. Father Josh, what is the name of the app that provides the chanted breviary? That's a good question. So Sarah, there w- was an app that used to exist that, that they chanted the breviary for you. I don't think that app exists anymore. If it does, my bad, but I used to have it and then it just stopped existing. Uh, I don't know what happened with it. It kind of went out of business or something like that. So what I use when I'm using my cell phone is I use the iBreviary. I find it's the most... Um, the best translation uh, that matches up with the, the written breviary, the the written literature, the hours. If you want to use something online though, if you type in on YouTube, father, Josh Johnson at night prayer uh, Sunday through um, Saturday, we have night prayer available. Uh, on, on YouTube with me and some other uh, uh, young adults chanting night prayer. It's really, really beautiful. Uh, we use the chant tones from Mary Mother Church, uh, who, who they wrote those tones. And it's just really beautiful. And so um, that's an online version that you can certainly pray with, uh, with with chant. Uh, but as far as the app on the phone, I don't think the app exists anymore. But they do have the iBrivery. But if you, my other listeners, know of another app that might have been created that has the Chanted Liturgy of the Hours Hit me up at askfatherjoshatstitcherpress mm-hmm. dot com. Yeah, the Liturgy of the Hours is one of the greatest prayers that we can ever pray because it's composed of the Psalms, and the Psalms are the, the the prayer of Christ. David wrote the Psalms; Jesus Christ prayed the Psalms. The Psalms give voice to all the different emotions that we could ever experience, and whenever we pray the Liturgy of the Hours, we should always have someone in mind, intercede for somebody who might be going through that particular emotion that, of anger or frustration or doubt or worry or joy or whatever it might be. The Psalms are the prayers of Christ. I remember one time I was praying in my adoration chapel and I said, Jesus, how do you want me to pray? I want your Holy Spirit to pray in and through me. I wanna to be totally docile to your spirit. What words do you want to come out of my mouth? And what I heard clear as day was the Psalms. Pray the Psalms because those are my prayers, right? Those are the perfect prayers, right? Sometimes our prayers are, are I'm just going to say it, are inadequate because we might not be divinely inspired whenever we're saying what we're saying. I remember one time I was praying for a couple. They came to my, my rectory. They're married now. Thanks be to God they got married um, because whenever they came to see me, I took them to my adoration chapel in the rectory, and I prayed over them. And instead of just giving them, like, the normative blessing, may the Lord bless you and keep you, you know, right, the blessing, I should have done that. I was being all spontaneous and with my prayers and trying to be profound. And I ended up saying some things that I was like, ooh, I didn't mean that, y'all. I'm so sorry. (laughs) So sometimes our prayers, though they might come from a good place, we might say something that is just ridiculous. And the Psalms are not ridiculous. So if we ever are struggling to find words to articulate to God in prayer or in our intercession for other people, just go to the Psalms. Go to the Psalms. And that's what the breviary, office of readings, morning prayer, daytime, evening and night prayer, the literature of the hours, that are made up of the Psalms that King David wrote in the scriptures, in the sacred scriptures for us. Um, next follow-up comes from a concerned sister. Dear Father Josh, thank you so much for your digital ministry, which reaches out to people across the globe. I live in Australia. Shout out to Australia. I've never been there. I look forward to listening to your podcast every week. And being an 80s baby, shout out to the 80s babies like yourself. I can really relate to your pop culture references and your random singing often has me laughing out loud on my morning commute. I recently bought a copy of your book, which I'm planning on gifting to my brother. He suffers from an addiction to pornography, which among other things he has has led to the destruction of his marriage In his pain. He is lashing out and pushing away his family who want to love and support him. I see him struggling with the shame of his addiction and resentment against these feelings brought on by a society that tells him that there is nothing wrong with this behavior I want my brother to know that he is not alone. We are all broken, but he is lovable because he is loved by the one who died for him. And I'm praying that he reads your book and opens his heart to receive God's love and mercy. So I'm asking as one broken member of the body of Christ to another that you and hopefully your listeners, please include my brother in your prayers, a concerned sister. Yeah, I would definitely pray for him. Uh, the addiction to pornography is so rampant in our community, and our world today. And so I will specifically pray um, for his for his freedom. For his freedom in um, God's will, way and time. Uh, yes, gosh, gosh, it is such a battle. It is such a battle. So many brothers and sisters right now are enslaved um, to that addiction. And so I just want to encourage you as well. Um, if, if you who are listening right now are struggling with pornography, there is hope. There is hope and there is freedom. There's a great program that just came out called Strive 21. Um, I would highly recommend that program. Um, it's for men. There's also Covenant Eyes. Um, uh, there's also, um, there's, gosh, there's so many. There's Victory App through Life Team Teen. Uh, teen. There, there's so many apps. I encourage accountability partners. I encourage intentional fasting every week. I encourage getting a counselor who specializes in sexual addiction. I encourage frequent reception of the sacraments. I encourage a structured rule of life of prayer so you can cultivate your relationship with Jesus Christ on a consistent basis in the midst of your struggles with vice and virtue, Um, community, avoiding the occasion of sin. There's just so much right um, that we do. And also don't put a timetable on when you're going to find freedom. I think sometimes people lose hope because they, they, they're they like, man, I've been doing this for two years now. I'm still struggling. Well, keep struggling. That's the goal. There are canonized saints who never overcame their addictions in this life, and they overcame them in purgatory, like St. Mark Tai Ching, right? Um, and so he was an opium addict his whole life, uh, but he was faithful, and he struggled to be a saint, and now he's a canonized saint. Uh, and He found that freedom um, in his death. And so um, I, I will continue to pray for you. I will, I will pray for your brother. I will... Um, as St. Joseph Makita and St. Maximian Kobe and St. Marky Taiching. There's another, a number of saints to, to join us in interceding for him, for his heart right now, to be drawn to Jesus so that he can experience the love of Christ. Because um, Christ does see him, know him, and love him. Right? Christ does not say, I'm going to love you once you get your life together and once you give up pornography. Christ sees him as he is and says, I love you right now, and I want to be in a relationship with you right now. And you don't have to change to believe in my love. It will be your belief in my love that will change you over time. And so just, I, I, I invite him to come, 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 Jesus, come to Jesus. Amen. All right. So concerned sister, you are in my and our prayer. First question comes in from an anonymous mother. Uh, this is about family, family refusing to love a new baby. Hello, Father Josh. Thank you, first of all, for all you do. I stumbled upon your podcast and it is helping me to examine things and myself that I otherwise wouldn't have. It's from this self-reflection that this question came forth. I'm struggling to forgive my family for their treatment of me, my new husband, and our new baby daughter. I was married previously to a man who abused me for five years to the point that I had to get our priest telling me that I was, it was unsafe and he gave me resources to leave. My family, however, refuses to accept that I was right on leaving because I shamed the family by getting divorced. They still talk to and invite my ex-husband to family functions on a regular basis. Nearly a year after the divorce and subsequent annulment, I met a wonderful man. He accepted my two previous children as his own and has been so patient with me. He is a Christ-loving man who has shown me what love and a sacramental marriage should be. I tolerated their behavior regarding me and my husband, but now their behavior affects my children. I had a daughter at 24 weeks gestation. Thanks be to God, she is now nine months old and doing very well, all things considered. I have a large family. Aside from my parents and my maternal grandparents, everyone in my family has refused to acknowledge her, much less meet her. We spent 143 days in the NICU and needed support of family desperately. My family has refused. My husband's family has done everything humanly possible with my mother-in-law staying with us for all but a month of our NICU stay to help with the older two children. They, the older children, have been asking why the family that used to be so present is ignoring us. I know an apology will likely never occur, so I'm struggling how to forgive my family. How do I forgive when offenses have been so deeply felt? An honest mother, God bless you. You have gone through so much. I am so sorry. I am so absolutely so sorry that that your family has treated you this way. So I think... Let's keep in mind a few things. Um, first of all, what does the Catechism of the Catholic Church say? I'm going to be referencing the Catechism all throughout today's podcast for all the different questions because the Catechism is such a great book, it's such a great resource. In the Catechism of the Catholic Church, paragraph twenty-eight forty-three, this is what it says: "It is not in our power to not feel or to forget an offense, but the heart that offers itself to the Holy Spirit turns injury into compassion and purifies the memory, and transforming hurt into intercession." So. You are not capable of not feeling sad or mad, hurt, betrayed, right? All the different feelings that might come with what your family is currently doing to you and has done to you, you cannot control how you feel. You cannot forget what they've done. But what you can do is you can choose to still pray for their salvation. I, I, it's so crazy that you get, I got this question for me this week because I've been praying a lot with the Old Testament, and specifically with Moses, and y'all have heard me speak about him over the past few weeks, but Moses interceded for his people. Moses saw his people who were these stiff-necked, angry people who were idolatrous, and he said, God, let me take their punishment on myself. I want to intercede for them. And ultimately, God still you know punished them. <laughs> but but he tried to take it on for them because that's what love does. That's what Jesus Christ has done for us. Like, Father, like allow me to, to die for them, for them. And so you are a member of the body of Jesus Christ. And so Jesus Christ invites you and I and all of us to reorient our attention to him. The world will tell us to respond to the evil, the evil that other people do against us in a way that the world wants for us to respond, which is typically to brood and to curse and to fight and to, to do these terrible things. But Jesus Christ invites us to reorient our attention to him in the Gospels and to imitate him because he and the Father and the Spirit of God dwell within us. By virtue of our baptism, we are temples of the Holy Spirit. The Trinity dwells within us, and so God wants for us to act today. There's a terrible um, wristband that many of you might wear. What would Jesus do? That's foolish. It doesn't matter what would Jesus do. It's what is Jesus doing today because we are the body of Jesus Christ today. And so Jesus Christ is inviting you to respond to your family the way that he responded to people 2,000 years ago. How did he respond to people? Well, as people were actively attacking him on the cross, as they were mocking him, cursing him, spitting at him, how did he respond? He said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Does that mean that Jesus Christ did not still feel hurt and betrayed and abandoned and rejected? And No, he still felt all those different things, but he chose to turn that into intercession, which is what the catechism invites us to for the other. He prayed, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. And the fruit of his prayers of intercession was that Dismas, one of the two thieves on the cross, who at one point, according to the Gospels, was cursing Jesus and mocking Jesus, Dismas then had a conversion because Christ unilaterally said, God, forgive him, bless him. He prayed for him, and the conversion happened. The other guy did not convert, and so that's what Christ invites us to, is to pray for our family members and our former friends who are, are now attacking us, to pray for them to become saints, to pray for God to bless them, to pray, Father, forgive them for they don't really know what they're doing. They cannot fully get the way that they're hurting me, a necessary member of the body of Christ, and potentially hurting their own salvation. Father, forgive them for they don't know what they're doing. Bless them. Oftentimes in his walk, Jesus Christ forgave people who never said, I'm sorry. Whenever people said, Lord, would you please heal me? He healed them in the scriptures. And then after he healed them physically, he would say to them, your sins are forgiven. Go and sin no more. But notice if you read those texts, those passages from the word of God, the people who he said, your sins are forgiven, go and no more sin no more. They never said, I'm sorry. They never apologized. And so you're right. Your family may never apologize to you. I've had similar experiences. There's a priest who, who, who really, um, hurt me years ago. And, um, and it was very wounding, uh, because he was such a spiritual father to me the way he, uh, I I would say spiritually, um, uh, I would say it would almost be a kind of spiritual abuse, right? It was like he would say things that weren't true about me and and put that onto God. God said this and all these lies he was telling me, um and and I remember for for a long time it I, it hurt, um hurt to even just think about him, you know. Um, but the Lord invited me, um whenever I was in in uh, in the Holy Land at the foot of the cross, to pray in union with Christ who dwells in me for this priest's salvation, right. Father, forgive him for he knows not what he's done. Does that mean that I want to reconcile with this priest or reconcile with other people in my life who've hurt me in the past? Not necessarily, right? Forgiveness and reconciliation are not the same thing. Reconciliation is whenever we reestablish mutual trust with the other. You might not be called to reconcile with your family in that way because maybe you can't trust them right now. Maybe you won't be able to trust them in the future, but you are still being invited by the Lord to forgive them. Right? If we forgive others, God will forgive us. If we don't forgive others, he will not forgive us. So forgiveness is simply praying for their salvation, right? praying for them to become great saints in their walk toward eternity but she still might need to put up boundaries. I've walked with families where, yeah, just like you were encouraged by your priest to to step away from your husband who was abusing you, I've, I've walked with families who I've had to encourage them to step away from their parents because their parents were being very abusive. Their siblings were being very abusive. I was with one person whenever their brother called them, and I was at their house, and their brother called this person who was a very holy person, a very um, authentic disciple of Christ, and the brother was just cursing and screaming and, and attacking this, this innocent person, and I and And I finally picked up the phone and began to talk to the brother right there uh, of of this person and I said "Do you realize how how you sound right now um, and the The person was shocked that that I heard the priest heard all that right so um, yeah, so sometimes it's even necessary to put up boundaries with family members to certainly pray for their salvation, but for right now we 've seen some space um, the 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 reality is this we live in a fallen world, and and your prayers for your family might be what helps them to become saints right? because you know how how messed up this whole situation is right now, and other people in the community might not know um, how much they've hurt you um, and are hurting you, and so other people in the community might not know how to pray for them. I I really do believe that the Lord allows us to see other people's wrinkles not so that we could gossip about them or judge them or think we're better than them or anything else, but I believe that the Lord shows us other people's wrinkles so that we can intercede for them, so that we can pray for their salvation, for them to become great saints. And so I am going to pray for you. Also, now, prayer, that's the first thing. There's one more point I want to make. It's also good to have these conversations too, right? So even if they don't apologize, I would still confront them, right? I would still confront them and get it out there, right, through the model of FFF, which means facts, feelings, future, right? At some point, sit your your parents down, uh, your family down, and and say, like, look, fact is this. He, my ex-husband, who I have been annulled from, which means that marriage was never sacramental, it was never a marriage in the eyes of God, right? That man beat me for five years. The fact, fact is you have invited a man who attacked me physically for five years back to our home for events. Like, that's a fact. I don't feel safe with that. That makes me feel unsafe around you. It makes me feel like you don't love me. It makes me feel like you don't trust me. It makes me feel like you don't believe me. It makes me feel that you don't reverence me and my dignity. Right? As your daughter, and as, a, as a woman, right? as a person, as a Christian, what can we do in the future so I don't have to feel this way? Right? The invitation would be, please stop inviting that man who beat me, who I've forgiven, but I am not called to reconcile with him. I'm not called to reestablish mutual trust with him. Please stop inviting him to the house. If you can do that, then I think we can move forward. If you cannot do that, then there might need to be some more time for some space. Right? And just go in that conversation with a lot of prayers and no expectations. Um, so I'm definitely going to pray for you because whenever people wound us, it, it can hurt. But whenever family wounds us, it goes deep. It goes really deep. Um, there's also a prayer that you might like to pray. It's a prayer to Our Lady of the Smile. Mother Adela Galindo uh, distributes it. She's the foundress and Mother Superior, the servants of the pierced hearts of Jesus and Mary. Shout out to the servants. Uh, if you just Google Our Lady of the Smile prayer, um, it's a very beautiful prayer of healing. Um, yeah, so God bless you. God bless. God bless you. Second question comes in from Tamar. I love that name. Tamar reminds me of Tamar Braxton. Uh, Tamar
1: Braxton, you know very well who you are. You're a something, some something. Do, 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 do.
0: No, but she has other songs really good. Um, she hasn't had a hit in a long time. Cause she's kind of extra. Tamar Braxton uh, is a TV personality who's pretty extra. She's like all in people's face all the time. And, but she has a really good song called um, uh, Doodle Doom 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 uh, uh,
1: Love and War. Because we some something the first, something, something, mashed potatoes and some gravy, gravy on the side.
0: Yeah. Tamar, that's the sister of Tony Braxton. Y'all know Tony, right? Tony got that, that deep voice that she'd be singing. <clears throat> sounds like a man almost, but like not because it sounds
1: better. <laughs> <clears throat> Undo them things that you said. <laughs> Unbreak my whoop, poo, poo,
0: poo. All right, so Tamar, back to you, my bad. I get, I get so excited sometimes. Tamar said this Hi, Father Josh, I'm trying to figure out the right way to pray for souls in purgatory. Since I can't know unless one of them is beatified, whether my family members who have died are in heaven, I don't know who exactly to pray for. But it feels exclusive just to pray for my family in purgatory. It feels like if I'm being that general, I should just pray for all souls in purgatory. But if I don't call them out by name, does it count? or count less. Thank you for your help, Father, and all the good work you do. Yes, yeah, so Tamar, I mean, look, God knows. God knows who needs those prayers. So any prayer that you pray for someone in purgatory would never go wasted. God will always apply it to someone who needs our prayers. Now, if you want to be specific, there are a number of specific prayers that we can pray for people in purgatory, for our brothers and sisters who are experiencing that final purification as they're being drawn into the kingdom of heaven, into the experience of the beatific vision. And so one of those prayers is the prayer that our Lord Jesus Christ gave Saint Gertrude. And this is that prayer right here. Um, Eternal Father, I offer you the most precious blood of the divine Son, Jesus, in union with the masses said throughout the world today. For all the holy souls in purgatory, for sinners everywhere, for sinners in the universal church, for those in my own home and those in my own family. Amen. There's also a chaplet for the holy souls. A chaplet for the holy souls is something that you can pray on your rosary beads. You pray the Creed, the Our Father, the Three Hail Marys, the Glory Be. And then every time you get to the large bead, Uh, Before each decade, you pray the following prayer. You recite the following words. "O holy souls, draw the fire of God's love into my soul to reveal Jesus crucified to me here on earth rather than hereafter in purgatory. And then on the small beads, you would recite this prayer. Crucify Lord Jesus, have mercy on the souls in purgatory. Crucify Lord Jesus, have mercy on the souls in purgatory. Crucify Lord Jesus, have mercy on the souls in purgatory. And then you conclude with three glory beads. Another prayer you can pray for souls in purgatory is the Divine Mercy Chaplet that St. Faustina gave to us. Right, That's another great prayer. And then there's also a rosary for holy souls. And this is how this prayer um, goes. Uh, It says, Oh, Jesus, you suffered and died that all mankind might be saved and brought to eternal happiness. Here are pleas for further mercy on the souls of, and then you mention by name each soul. Choose all those you wish to pray for, your parents, grandparents, your spouse, brothers, sisters, and other near relatives, teachers, priests, convicts, cancer patients, children, and on and on and on, including those who have wronged you and those who were once your enemies, and then the response to each name is: after you say each name, you say, "Jesus, have mercy." Right? So um, you just go down the list and do that. And then uh, you'd again do the the regular the regular um, mysteries. And after each decade, you would say, "Lord Jesus Christ, through your five holy wounds and through all of your sacred blood that you shed, we ask you to have mercy on the holy souls in purgatory, and in particularly on our parents, spouses, relatives, spiritual guides, and benefactors. Complete the healing of their purification." And let them enjoy and participate fully in your salvation. Amen. After you'd pray the concluding prayers of the Rosary, the hell holy queen, um, you would then add this uh, last thing, this recite, which is, grant them eternal rest, O Lord, and let perpetual light shine upon them with your saints forevermore, because you are gracious. May the divine assistance remain with us always, and may the souls that are faithful departed to the mercy of God rest in peace. Um, And then finally, you you can offer masses for your family members, specific masses for specific people. Um, And then whenever you get to heaven, you will know who's there. Uh, So, yeah, so I think that's a great question. But trust, never is a prayer wasted. Any prayer that we recite, even if it sounds ridiculous, and sometimes our prayers do sound ridiculous, uh, God can still use them to not only help us become saints, but to help other people become saints in their walk toward eternity. All right, so... We're going to take a quick break. So hit me up and ask Fr. Josh at Let me know what you think of the show so far. And when we get back, we're going to dive into our final question.
1: Do you find it difficult to enter into the mysteries of the rosary? What about personally applying them to your life? Drawing from the writings of the saints, the Bible, and Catholic tradition, Matt Fratt has produced Pocket Guide to the Rosary, a masterful work that teaches Catholics how to truly meditate on the mysteries of the rosary, how to pray the rosary like the saints, and so much more. If you're looking to deepen your prayer life and improve the way you pray what St. Padre Pio called the weapon of our times, we invite you to check out Pocket Guide to the Rosary by Matt Fradd. To order, visit ascensionpress.com or Amazon.
0: And we're back. Just a quick reminder, you can send me your questions at AskFatherJosh at If you're feeling fancy, record a voice note, send it to me as well. We will play it on a future show. And don't forget to rate us, review us on iTunes, other podcast formats, and share the show on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, on your social media accounts. That way other people can find out about the show. If it's a gift for you, potentially it could become a gift for them as, as well. And also, don't forget to check out my book, Broken and Blessed, um, through Ascension. It's on Amazon. It's on Ascension's website. It's in Barnes & Nobles. It's in Catholic Arts and Gifts and Ascension Gifts. It said sacred arts and gifts of Jesus and Mary at Holy Rosary. All right. So you can pick up that book and pray with it and share it with your family and friends because it also might be a tool that God can use to draw people back to Him. One of the greatest blessings I keep hearing about that book um, is that a lot of people have come back to the sacraments because of it. A lot of people who left the church have come back to the sacraments because of that book. And so praise God for the work that He's doing um, through you sharing that work that the Lord inspired me to write in um, in connection with Ascension. All right, so final question comes in from Legit Tide. Too legit, too legit to quit. She's tied too legit. All right, so Tide of the Rosary says this. Hello, Father Josh, I listen to your podcast a lot, and I really like it. Thank you so much. I, I like you. Um, thank you for the work you do. I'm a junior in college, just striving to live out my Catholic faith. Earlier this year, January, I listened to a ton of talks on Mary, the power of the rosary and all that. I was strongly convicted to pray the rosary more often. I made a decision to pray the rosary every day. I'd made decisions like this in the past with reading the Bible and other forms of prayers, but after a month, that all disappeared into thin air smiley face, laughing face, crying tears. However, with the rosary, I've been pretty much consistent in praying it. So there, here's the issue, Father Josh. Honestly, on some days, I'm just exhausted. And really just don't feel like praying the rosary or any prayer in general. Although I still pray it, I often rush through it or my mind wanders off occasionally or I doze off in between. Frankly, I just pray it to keep my streak. I tell myself, I've come too far to give up now. I just can't
1: give up now I'm come too far from where I've started from nobody told me nobody told me that the road would be easy I don't believe he brought me this far
0: to leave me so Frankly, I sometimes don't feel like whatever, blah, 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 blah. Okay, here we goes. I tell myself I've come too far to give up now. I don't want to waste my time or Jesus or Mary's time either. I feel like if it has become a game to me or just really mechanical, then I should stop. Still, stop. Participate and listen. Josh is back with a brand new edition of prayer. Okay, still, I, I like to believe I receive some graces when I strive through it, even when I don't feel like it, or when I'm just doing it to fulfill our righteousness, to fill our righteousness. I'm scared that if I stop now, I'm never going to have the courage to take it up. another challenge to strengthen my prayer life. I may just give up the whole prayer thing in general because Father, I'm legit, tired, confused, and need some advice. Thank you from legit tired. So God bless you, uh, legit tired. I think a number of things are really important. One, I would encourage you to read the Catechism of the Catholic Church section on prayer It's the best section on prayer. Ever, But one of the things that the catechism mentions is that prayer is a battle. So you should expect prayer to be a battle, right? The enemy does not want you to pray. So he's going to do anything and everything to to distract you from praying, especially the rosary, because the rosary is the one prayer that Mary consistently invites us to pray in all of her apparitions. When she appeared in Africa in the 1980s in Cabejo, she invited her people to pray the rosary. When she appeared in Fatima, Um, And in Portugal, she invited her people to pray the rosary in 1917 when she appeared in the 1800s in Lourdes. She invited her people to pray the rosary, and she also herself was praying the rosary. The rosary of St. John Paul II wrote is a Christocentric prayer. It is a prayer that if we pray it, we will grow deeper in our relationship with Jesus Christ. However, you should expect that the enemy does not want you to succeed and persevere in remaining in communion with Christ through this great means of the rosary. So I would say, look, if you're getting tired, what time of the day are you praying? When do you spend time in prayer? Are you praying first thing in the morning when you wake up? Are you praying in the afternoon, evening, or late at night? If you're not praying first thing in the morning, then what can often happen is life gets in the way, and it's very difficult to, to, to be faithful to our prayers after we've begun our day. So I always encourage people, even if you're not a morning person, become a morning person. Wake up 30 minutes early, get your coffee, get your candle, or get your essential oils, um, smoke machine, whatever you use. Pull out your rosary beads, get your scripture. And maybe get an icon or a crucifix and spend time praying in the morning. Turn off your cell phone, put it on airplane mode, put it on do not disturb, keep it in the other room. And that's when you enter into this time with Jesus through the rosary. Um, so if you're waiting to the end of the day or praying when you're driving, it's going to be very difficult. You're going to have a lot of distractions that are going to vie for your attention. And, and it's not going to be easy to, to be faithful to to this invitation, I think, from the Spirit of God for you to pray the rosary. Is it one of the Ten Commandments for you to to pray the rosary? No, it's not a Ten Commandment. So if you did not pray the rosary, would you go to hell? No, but the rosary is a gift for us. It is a gift, right? So it's free. We have a freedom to choose to do it or not to do it. It's an invitation, but I think it's an invitation that we should take serious because our Blessed Mother, the first disciple of Jesus, the only disciple of Christ to have ever been faithful to Him her entire walk toward eternity, has been inviting us to pray this as a means to become saints, as a means to to abide with Christ and dwell with him not only on earth, but also in heaven forever. Um, so I really want to encourage you to continue to lean into the rosary, but it's not a demand. This is not a command. You are free to stop if you want. Like God's not going to love you any less if you don't, but I think it is a good practice. I think it is a an objectively good practice, even when we don't feel like it. You're not always going to be passionate about prayer. I'm not always passionate about prayer, but I am consistent with prayer. I'm not always passionate about waking up in the morning to spend time with Jesus in my adoration chapel, especially whenever I've had to get up at 3 o'clock in the morning before to go anoint someone at the hospital. Get back home, kind of doze off, get back up. I'm tired. I don't want to go to the chapel. I'm exhausted. I don't feel like praying sometimes whenever I have a lot of unexpected appointments that come to me the day before, and I go into ministry really late at night. And, and so then I wake up in the morning, I'm tired, I'm not passionate about it. Just like I'm sure some parents are not passionate about waking up in the morning to feed their child or to rock their child who's crying to sleep at night or, or anything like that. But we still do it because we love. We take care of the one that we love. We spend time with the one we love because we love. And so. Uh, A way that we can show Christ that we love him is that even whenever I'm not passionate about doing something, I still do it because I know that it's good for our relationship. It consoles his heart and it strengthens me and my walk toward being able to abide with him forever in heaven. So, yes, I get it. The the struggle is real. We all struggle. The catechism makes that very clear. The saints write about the struggle of prayer. It's we all go through seasons where prayer is really fun at times and awesome, and other times it's really dry and boring. But love is not about the feelings. Love is not about it being fun or exciting. Love is about cultivating that relationship. And so um, I would encourage you to continue to try to cultivate that relationship also Find new ways to pray the rosary. Maybe you're just praying it the, the, the normal way. I always pray at the Lectio Divina, Paul the Sixth type way where I take the Scripture, do Lectio with the Scripture passage first, and then every time I get to the name Jesus, I say something about his life and have a conversation with him. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus, whose disciple Peter... Covered himself up after Jesus Christ resurrected from the dead. Whenever Peter was fishing on the shore and John said that Jesus is here, Peter put clothes on and then ran to Jesus, right? He was, he might have been ashamed, like Adam and Eve were ashamed. And so, how many times have I come to the Adoration Chapel or my prayer space in my home and I've come? Filled with shame, And I kind of cover myself up and I still come to Jesus, but I don't give him everything I hold back because I'm worried that if he sees all of me, he might reject me. Lord, give me the grace to not imitate Peter or, or Adam or Eve, but to imitate you and to be totally exposed in prayer before you, to expose my heart, my mind, my thoughts, everything to you. So I can trust that you will see me and you will not reject me, but you will love me and you will heal me and you will forgive me and you will abide in me through and through in the midst of all my mess. Holy Mary, Mother of God, I pray for us sinners now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Right, find other ways to pray the rosary. Um and that might also help you to continue to lean into that that really great instrument that God has given us through our blessed mother, um, for us to be saints in our walk toward eternity. So that's my show for today. I hope you all enjoyed it. And um speaking of Mary, I just want to like ask her right now to pray for all of us because she is a mother who cares. So in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, amen. Jesus, I, I give you so much thanks and praise um, and, and so much thanks and praise specifically for the members of the body of Christ that you've allowed me to meet in my walk toward eternity and specifically the, the member of the body of Christ who's on my heart right now is our Blessed Mother Mary. I'm so grateful for, for, for you Mary for the ways in which you have interceded for me and prayed for me and my family and, and just pled um, and, and just went before the throne of God and, and asked God to give us graces so that we could become saints so that we could be saved. Mary you are such a gift to all of us and, and for, for all the members of the body of Christ who don't reverence you, Mary, who don't love you, who, don't, um, who aren't in in their relationship with you, I, I say, I'm sorry, Mother. I'm so sorry. And I, and I pray that they, too, will one day realize the great gift that Jesus Christ, our Savior Jesus Christ, gave us in you, our Mother. I pray that they will one day lean in on you so that you can do for them what you've done for me and point them to a closer relationship with God and their walk toward eternity. We ask this prayer, Father God, through our Lord Jesus Christ, your son, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God forever and ever. Amen. Y'all, I cannot wait to walk with you next week. It's going to be beautiful. We're going to be saints. We're going to be with Jesus. And I'm going to see you in the podcast then. And keep praying for me in this new project I'm doing with Ascension. Again, um, if you pray for me today and next week and pretty much every day until I finish the project, which I hope to finish within the next couple of weeks, uh, then uh, it will be out sooner than later. And I'll be able to share with you all the details because it's been an anointed experience working on this project. OK, I love you all very much. God bless you. And until I talk to you next time, I will see you in the Eucharist. God bless.